Hello everyone, we are back with a new episode of PierceCast. Today I am joined by David Bilbrey, IT specialist here at Pierce College. We're going to discuss some great information related to cybersecurity and how to avoid accidentally giving away sensitive information to attackers and a lot more. So stay tuned for some helpful tips and let's get started. So David, thank you so much for being here. I'd love to um, learn a little bit about your background and what got you into IT specifically and how you ended up at Pierce. Okay, perfect. Um... Well, I kind of honestly just kind of fell into it. Um, I had, uh, I've been working in higher ed uh, IT work since about 2007, um, but I started off as a media tech uh, for UW Tacoma in 2007 and uh, doing, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that like uh, Jim Butler and his team, David Nichols do around town, uh, classroom and event support. Okay. Um, so I did that at UWT and I loved it there. And then in 2009, during the great recession, I was one of the eight UWT people laid off. Um, it's kind of, you know, a lot of it was last to come first to leave type thing. So, right. um, so unfortunately, and that was, and I got the notice two weeks after my daughter was born. So that was a, that was a hard time. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> um, so it took a little while to kind of regroup and land back on my feet, but about six months later, I got the same job 50 miles away for less pay at UW Bothell. So, I commuted from Puyallup to Bothell for about four and a half years, um, being a media tech up there. Okay. What um, is that commute like? How long is that? About just under 50 miles each way. Okay. So it takes about an hour and 15 minutes to get there and about two and a half hours to get home every day. Man. So a lot of miles. I didn't yep. really, I didn't really go through, go through like tires on a car. I went through cars, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot oh, for one car to handle. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, so I did that for a while, and then um, I got a job as a computer tech at University of Puget Sound um, in 2014. So that's where I kind of started cutting my teeth with like customer computer support, uh, desktop user support. And I did that for a couple of years and um, tried to kind of advance internally there and was kind of told that there wasn't, you kind of have to just sit and wait and like it or move on. And so I was like, okay. So then I saw the position open at Pierce um, for basically the same job with the help desk. And I was fortunate enough to get it. And that was just over six years ago. Um, and then about two and a half years into being at Pierce as a um, uh, desktop person for the help desk, uh, internally, the network security position opened. Um, and it was one of the, it was like, a, it was an in-training position. So I didn't have any security background other than just, you know, desktop support. So uh, I applied for that and I was fortunate enough to get it. So now I've been doing network security stuff for Pierce for about three, four years. And so all the time you see those emails coming out of, you know, please read spam phishing notice. Yep. Uh, those are me. That's, <laughs> that's you. Okay. That's you're the, yeah. you're the man behind it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I kind of feel like I've been seeing more and more of those emails. Has that, has it really ramped up or have I just kind of been in the dark and just realized how many phishing emails there really are coming through? You know, it, it has ramped up. And um, a few weeks ago, we had like a 10-day period to where it was just, we were getting slammed. It was one after another, sometimes multiples in a day. Um, and, you know, before it was a little bit more spaced out and we wouldn't always give notices to the campus based on the exposure and how much, you know, it, it had gotten around there. Um, but especially with, 
work from home the last two years during mm-hmm. uh, you know lockdown and remote work and stuff, it seemed really appropriate to notify people at all times because we don't know what someone's. We can secure our network great, but if someone's working remotely or whatever, their home network might be compromised. So we started sending out the mass notices of, of what's going on more and more because we want to be able to have that open dialogue and and educate and um, just kind of harden our defenses on, on the user aspect. So I, I spent a lot of time with that in that relationship and um, dealing with trying to help all our users be safe. Definitely. And, and what is that look like? So, you know, monitoring these attacks that are coming in, I kind of, in my like imagination, I just see you like with these huge screens and you're monitoring attacks as they come in and you're talking to your colleagues and you you all are, you know, just blocking these attacks as best as you can. But like, how do you um, stop attacks? How do you monitor them? And we'll start there because I also have follow up questions, but how do you do that? Um, So we get them in different ways. Sometimes it'll just be straight to inbox. A lot of it is just is users. Sometimes the first time we'll know of one is a user uh, forwarding one to IT security and saying, um, hey, this is potential spam. Um, can you check it out? Um, and also I check out 100% of the emails anyone sends us and respond back to everyone to let them know what the status of it is, good, bad, in between. Um, and so we'll, we'll check out the email and there's a lot of different kind of tools we can check, uh, you know, kind of what they call the email headers, which kind of like shows what the source IP and that's kind of thing. And so you can kind of see, and there's a lot of things in emails that you can, you kind of get the grasp on as they come in, um, as to whether they may be malicious or not. Sometimes they'll say it's from like, you know, President, you know, Julie White or whatever. Um, but you'll see that the sender email address is like presidentpierce at gmail.com or something. Right. <laughs> so it's someone spoofing. That's what they call spoofing or impersonating the sender. And so we can kind of see those as telltale signs, uh, bad grammar in the message, um, random uh, signature names of like, you know, IT admin support team, you know, things that don't exist. You're like, that's not an actual thing here. Yeah, yeah, that isn't, that's not really it. Um, <laughs> so we'll, uh, so I can kind of address those. And then um, if you see like embedded links in your email, if you hover over it, but don't push it, uh, Outlook will kind of show you a preview of what that link is. And so if it says click here to go to this thing or whatever, um, and you look at it and it's like, you know, tiny URL slash, you know, whatever.com, then you can see like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem like a Pierce resource. Oh, um, that's, that's a good tip. Cause I, mm-hmm. so I've gotten some emails and I've sent them to you. And uh, most times if I think anything's iffy, I'm just like, I'm sending this over. I'm not going to do anything with it. But when I see that there's a click here or something like that, I just don't even go anywhere near it. Cause I don't want to accidentally <laughs> click on it. But I didn't know that if you hovered over it, you could see that little preview. So that's yeah. a good way to kind of tell as well. Yeah, yeah, I just put kind of the cursor over the link um, and just wait a second and it should pop up with what, and then you can kind of look at the URL and be like, okay, I don't know if that, it looks like someone's WordPress site, I don't know, I need to log in. And and a good tell, tell is also, if you, if some people, if you do click on the link, which a lot of people do, they get an autopilot, they think like, well, man, I don't want my email account to shut down, I better do this. Mm. And it's, you know, log in here, username and password. It's like, well, why would you, you know, kind of take pause and like, why would I need to give you my password to do this, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, we try to stress that IT will never just shut off your email account and require you to log in to verify it. We won't just be like, you've reached your storage limit. We have messages waiting. We're gonna shut you down. There's a lot of times people put in a sense of urgency 
because they want the user just to not think, not ask questions, just act. Because then once you click on the site and enter and click submit with your password, you'd be like, well, the website didn't really do anything. It's just sitting there. It's like, well, the website's done its job. It's captured right. username and password. Then they'll use that later. And some of the worst attacks we've seen is when maybe a staff sent men or a member or someone receives email inadvertently puts in their username and password, doesn't think much of it. Cause like, well, nothing really happened. I can, I'm still getting email. I think I'm fine. Mm. Um, and then the attacker will grab your username and password. Then they'll log into your account remotely and then they'll send out a spam message from inside your account. So now when people see it, they're like, Oh, I know that person. They work at Pierce. It came from them. This must be trustworthy. Right. And that's when the real damage is done. And that's when you see those emails that have the actual person's, you know, photo and their actual email that, okay. Cause I've seen that before. Yeah. And uh, I wondered how, I just thought these people behind the attacks got so good that they somehow were able to put that photo on there. But that makes sense that if they can access their account, you know, you go from there. So mm. when that happens, what, what do you do on your end in order to hopefully reverse some of that damage? Is it mostly just letting employees know to to look out for these emails and to not give information and that there has been a breach or what does that look like? Um, yeah, sending out kind of a mass thing and letting people know is kind of the first step of like, hey, a lot of you are getting this email. Don't click on it. We're aware of this one. Block the sender, delete it. Don't click or anything. And then we put in there, if you have put in your, clicked, submitted your info, let us know, like, please self-report so we can help this out so it doesn't spread again and again, mm -hmm. you know, kind of repeat. Um, and, and luckily, like a lot of, we've had this much higher, um, you know, community of people that, you know, they will self-report. They're like, I screwed up. I entered. And it's like nothing, there's nothing punitive about it. Nothing's going to be like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're gonna, you're going to get publicly shamed right. or, or anything. It's <laughs> like, no, this is helping us out. Like you're being an ally to help us. Mm -hmm. Um fight against this. So when that happens, we isolate an account, like a Pierce account that's maybe been compromised. And we kind of put a watch on it. We, we kind of want to um, disable it for, you know, about 24 hours. So we can do some cleanup, make sure that the attacker doesn't have a backdoor to get back in your hand. Last thing we want to do is, okay, we reset your password, you're good. But the user still has, is still in it. And then they're like, mm -hmm. oh, so reset, I'm gonna reset it again, you know? Right. So you want to, we, we, we push a sign out so that all devices that log in with your account, you know, get kicked out next time they're connected to the network or any network. Mm -hmm. Reset passwords, we disable accounts, we monitor, we check activity. And then usually around a day, um, if everything looks clean, we contact the user um, via, you know, personal email or phone, let them know what's going on. And then we give them instructions to get back into their account. Okay. So it's a little bit of an inconvenience, a little bit of a pain, but... That's the uh, that's kind of our best practice process to ensure that it is actually safe to get back into that account. Right. And has there ever been, um, you know, instances where you weren't able to secure that account and you had to, you know, create a new account for someone? Or is it generally when you have this frozen period and then you lock out all the accounts, it's usually OK and good to uh, go? Yeah. The latter, yes. Yeah, it's okay. usually okay. We haven't had to like, you know, completely blow up someone's account and start over. <laughs> it's That's just, good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just kind of like, you know, temporarily freeze access, uh, make it unavailable for anyone else to log in. And then once some time has gone by, 
then let the user with new credentials get back in. Now, is there usually kind of a general end goal for, um, you know, individuals or groups behind these attacks? Is it mostly, you know, trying to get a hold of data and information from organizations and use that to their benefit, whether that be for money or whatever? Or are some of these just, you know, they just attack to attack? I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's an end end goal, but what does that look like? Yeah, so there's different, yeah, that's a good question. There's so sometimes, um, in some of the ones we've seen recently, it's like more of a credential harvest. They're trying to grab usernames and passwords um, to collect, maybe sell uh, dark web type things. Say, here's a big batch of you know user creds that we got, you know that sort of thing. Um, other ones, the end goal is kind of monetary. A lot of times they'll say like, hey, this, this invoice is passed to call this number. And so you want to call and they're like, let me just, let me verify with you some financial information, you know, you know, this credit card, this, is this the right number? Oh, can you tell me what's the right number? Let me check it. You know, and once you provide those details, they're gone. You know, they hang up, they stop right. talking. And so sometimes it is financial gain. Sometimes it's to uh, credential harvesting for resale or use for other tax later. Um, the, the big bad ones are like kind of like ransomware and that sort of thing where they're trying to infiltrate an organization, get inside, um, encrypt your files um, for your network. And, but those take a long time and it's, it's a much more steady attack. Um, people have to really want to get in there, but then once, if they're successful, then they can use that, um, to kind of hold ransom for, for Bitcoin and payment, that sort of thing. Um, but the, the, the problem is with those is that a lot of times you don't know, um, just how deep and how long an attacker has been in your systems and that sort of thing. Um, and 90 some percent of those attacks start with a phishing email with someone giving up their credentials. And then that person kind of using those username and password to kind of study around the network and get into different programs and see what they can find to, um, you know, get inside your, a network, a private network. Wow. So that's why it's so important to like, if you do give up your credentials, um, whether you meant to or not, like, just let us know. It's as easy as wait a day, change your password and you're all good the downside of not knowing and having an attacker living within your network is that, you know, you could potentially take down an entire network system, an entire school, entire organizations, as we've Mm -hmm. seen happen locally and nationally a ton. And so, um, and almost all of those, I mean, the the big Twitter one that was a few months ago, someone got in and (laughs) got into people's personal Twitter accounts of like celebrities and stuff and started posting all this stuff saying like, hey, help my family, I'll click on this to donate or whatever. That all, they found out that all started from like, you know, someone internally to Twitter or whatever, giving up their username and password. So um, it's extremely important to be cognizant and aware. And if you did maybe make a mistake or something suspicious, just ask us, we'll check 100% of it out let you know whether it's good bad or if any work needs to be done to it and you know and now we're kind of working too with providing more training content so we did the what we call the the pest the phishing email simulation test a few months ago um to kind of give out a we launched a a, a fake spam message to see to gauge the campus's reaction so that we can educate we can um kind of see where that we need to harden our defenses just to make things more secure. Um, so, uh, and in doing that, it just always 
goes back to the user and education. And so now with anytime there's an attack and that sort of thing, and maybe someone's like, oh, shoot, I clicked on and I entered my stuff. It's like, okay, well, here, you know, we can all, every single one of us can use a little bit of improving in education. So we found that great training module that we can all review. Um, and it's like, hey, check this out see about different things maybe you didn't realize to kind of help next time not to fall for a scam. Right. And how how did that go? The um, the phishing email that you sent out to kind of just see how everyone reacted. I mean, can you talk about that? And, and sure. how was how was that? We had a, we had a great response. We had a ton of people, um, our users, our campus users report it um, saying, you know, can you check this out? not sure if this is safe or this is definitely a scam. Um, and so it kind of showed us some good metrics to kind of work with. Um, and if there were some users that were like, oh, whoops, I clicked first, I got too busy, that kind of thing, then all it is is an education opportunity to get better. That's it. We don't want it to be, we, the last thing we want is for people to be like, well, I'd be so embarrassed or I'm so worried that like I'm going to get in trouble if I say anything. So I just, I hope that it's okay. And I hope it wasn't, you know, a bad thing. Um, you know, because all we want to do is make things safer and better and easier. So there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I think I might have messed up or I know I did or I just I'm a little worried about this. Can you check it out? Because we'll just check everything out and just let you know what the right course is. And then we just educate, learn and just you know make it a little bit safer so that we don't end up in that worst case scenario. I think that's important too for people to know they're not going to get in trouble or shamed for accidentally mm -hmm. doing that because we all slip up at some point. But like you said, it's a lot better to let you guys know, get it taken care of now rather than, you know, a couple weeks or months down the line and, you know, suddenly someone's taken over the whole college, like the digital yeah. world of the college. But, and I can imagine with so much of our work and learning now being online, that seems like a really great opportunity for, uh, you know, people to attack digitally. Most definitely. Um, uh, a lot of attackers are very, very opportunistic. So yeah. during COVID, it was a lot about like, hey, download this COVID tracker, you know, to stay safe. And it's like, okay. Or, you know, around tax season, a lot of times people will get robocalls or emails like the IRS is going to, you know, it's going to come to your house if you don't click on this or give us this info, give us your social security number and you'll be okay. That type of thing. Right. So it's a lot, they follow trends of, of holidays, of world events, of that sort of thing. And the pandemic is definitely one where a lot of them, especially right off the bat, um, we're offering information or services pandemic related to gain for financial gain and personal gain. Um, so yes, it does follow a lot more and, and, you know, their hackers are just as abreast of, you know, current trends and of the world as, as anyone else is. So if they know that like, oh man, 80% of the world's working remotely right now, um, why wouldn't they use that to their advantage? Right. So they will ramp up those types of attacks appropriately. Um, so like a, a lot of attacks that we got recently um, were COVID related emails. And it was like, hey, here's a benefit, you know, $4,500 or whatever to click here. And, you know, in the past couple of years, a lot of people have received COVID benefits from the federal government. Mm -hmm. There's been programs that were sanctioned through the state and through our HR department. Um, but doesn't mean that scam emails still don't come up offering that, that aren't affiliated with that whatsoever. Um, 
And that's where sometimes people are getting taken advantage of is, is things like that, where it's like, this seemed like it was a thing before. So why wouldn't this be a thing now? Right. Um, and it's, it is playing off of a lot of current events and that sort of thing. I remember seeing an email come into my inbox that was something along those lines of there's this uh, COVID assistance available to all Washington employees or something like that. And it said, you know, click here for more information, that sort of a thing. So I can see why based on the current events and what's happened before that would be somewhat easier to fall for than something, you know, that's definitely a scam right from the start. I've I've also gotten some emails that are in different languages as well. At least the subject will be in a different language and then the the body, the text is in English. Yeah, yeah, we have a couple of you know, those come in quite often. We had a couple over the weekend from the same sender, different subjects, same body, same malicious link, but the um yeah, the link there was in different languages for the subject and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of times that is a definitely a cue to maybe be suspicious at the very least. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just send it over. Um, it's sometimes it's, it's way faster just to, you know, say FYI emailed IT security, have us check it out then to, you know, click and maybe this is okay. Maybe I should do this or that. It's like, but we just want to get away from the maybes. We want, we want people to feel like what they're, the email that they get, they can be confident in that they're safe um and business related and if they're not and if it's at all suspicious just have us to the work to decide the maybes and figure out whether it's good or not right and and when uh, someone gets an email that they think might is suspicious they should send it to um it security and the help desk is that correct both those emails yes yes yeah it security at, at pierce and, and then cc the help desk just to just so we let them know too um as well because they're kind of a front line of a lot they get a lot of calls too being the help desk to be like i got this email and they're like oh send it over here or whatever um but with a lot of how often these spam messages come through and to take a little relief from the help desk mm -hmm. feeling 100 of it um now we kind of flipped it from send it to help desk and cc the it desk the other way so that the IT security team can handle those directly first and communicate with people and let them know um, and, and, you know, just get it back to them faster. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, and then you let them know, you know, whether they, whether it is a scam, you should block it, delete it, that sort of a thing. I know I've sent one email where I thought it was a scam and it wasn't. And so it was okay. I'm a little overly cautious when it comes to cybersecurity. Yeah. That's perfect. And we love seeing those. We love telling people like, actually, this one's a good one, but You're like good to go. so much for sending it. You know, that's <laughs> great. Like those are terrific. I like those even the best. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. And now what is your favorite part of your position, whether that is defending against cybersecurity attacks or is there something totally different? What's the your favorite thing? Um, You know, I, coming from like, uh, media and help desk support background. And, you know, a, a lot, most of my, you know, I would, I would do a lot of some of the phone work as well. Um, but a lot of it was like going on site and going around the campus and helping people on site in person, that sort of thing and troubleshooting. Um, and even now, like, I don't, I don't get away from my desk much when I am on campus. Right. You know, I kinda, <laughs> 
hide out and just, you know, do this or whatever. But, um, but when I do get to like go around and I still get to see people that I used to help once or 10 times and then remember me and stuff and getting to see, uh, you know, fellow colleagues and coworkers around Pierce, um, that was, that was really rewarding. So, um, and it still is. So getting to interact and, you know, make sure that I get in touch with everyone that sends me something and let them know what's going on and build up that rapport and that trust um, with, uh, with, with, uh, with the campus and the users so they can do their best job, job their best way so they can keep things up and running so that we can support all the students is, is really rewarding. Cause every time I feel like, you know, blocking a bad link or sending out this message is like, if this makes it so, you know, one less account gets compromised, one more of our staff member are able to, you know, keep doing, you know, their hard work and helping assist to make sure classes go off right and students are supported and that kind of thing like that, that makes me feel really good. So I really like the kind of, I honestly don't mind at all, like the flood of emails of check this out <laughs> and letting people know, and just so that I can kind of ease those worries or let them give them instruction on what to do. Um, Cause that lets them better do their job and go about their day without having to worry about this one other thing in the background. So um, coming from that background of, you know, working one-on-one with people a ton in the work that I did previously with media and help desk um, carries over to like, I really enjoy that aspect of still getting to present that with kind of, you know, the nitty gritty security stuff. And you give everyone that peace of mind by knowing that they're not, you know, getting attacked anymore or at all. So exactly. That is a really nice feeling for sure. And so to, to recap, if someone receives an email, things that they should look for first that might point to it being, um, you know, suspicious or, or an attack. I know you mentioned um, the subject line, like how we had different languages or it doesn't make sense. Um, the person it's coming from, the email address that it's coming from, and then like spelling errors and also, you know, random team names at the end that actually aren't a team, you know, like what was it? The IT administration team or something like that? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Where you know it's not a real thing. Is there anything I missed on that? Anything else they should look for? Um, So kind of one that's helpful and sometimes can get catch people up is that yellow caution banner that shows up showing us from an outside account. So that's a good one to show like, you know, why would some, it says IT help desk in the display name, but you know, it says it's coming from outside. So that could be a good thing to alert you that this is not an actual Pierce entity or mailbox Mm -hmm. that sent this out. The problem with that though, is if a user account, a Pierce user account is compromised, then people will say, well, I didn't see the yellow banner. So I felt like it it was trustworthy. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a tough one. And that's why those attacks are more successful and more brutal is because it is coming from a trust source, whether or not the content and intention is trust or not is different. So um, the yellow banner is a good thing to look at first. Um, but a lot of times you can kind of think of, ask yourself like, why am I getting this? Should I be getting this? I know the person's a Pierce person, but you know, do I do it? Was I expecting the president to send me a faculty evaluation to look at? even though I'm not Mm -hmm. a faculty member, like I know it says, you know, you know, Julie White wants me to read this right now or Daryl Kane. And it's like, they want you to have that sense of urgency of like, oh, I, I don't want to like miss out on something. I got, I want to, you know, 
please management and that kind of thing. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to click on it. Um, and so a lot of times it's kind of the scope. Why am I getting this? Not just who's it from, but what's the deal? Does this seem appropriate? You know, I work at the welcome center. Would I be getting an invoice? You know, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it's kind of good to ask like what, what, who, what, and why, um, does this seem appropriate for me? You know, and is it okay to take pause to, to, to ask questions first. And that's why one of the worst attacks, and it's a very simple but effective attack we've seen is the gift card scam. And it'll just Mm. be, it'll say like, you know, are you available? Give me, you know, are you available? And it'll sign like, you know, Michelle Johnson. And someone will be like, oh man, okay. Well, yeah, the chance of testing I'll be available for Michelle. (laughs) What do you need? And, And then it'll kind of escalate to like, Hey, I need you to go get me some gift cards from Safeway and about $500 worth. I'll pay you back. Uh, I'm in a meeting right now. So don't, don't write me, you know, don't text me or call me, just email me and um, I'll let you know what to do with it. And then it escalates to where if you buy the cards, then they say, okay, text it to this number, text pictures of the front and back to this number. And so then they get the verification code and the user code for like your Amazon gift card or whatever. And then they just stop talking. And, you know, it's because now they you've purchased a gift card, given them all the verification numbers, and then mm-hmm. they disappear. So you've essentially just given them like X amount of dollars. Right. Um, so, but those cams always start out because all of our, and it's like, why, how do people know all these things? It's like, well, we have a public facing directory. Anyone can go on Pierce website, pull up our directory and see every single person, staff members, name and email address, not students, but staff. Um, and a lot of times that's where the attacks come from is attackers will look for public directories. They'll pull that. And then you just, they'll just send a, a robo list of their, their email scam and send it to every single staff member. And they'll just import all of them and send them all out. And, you know, they may send 2000 messages out, but only one of them has to work to gain, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of get their scam going. And so they'll do that to multiple institutions, that sort of thing. And they'll look, okay, who's the president? Who's the Dean? Who's this? Okay, if I send this out, I know that more people will listen to it. Um, so, so that's kind of how those scams go. So, yeah, but sorry to get back to your original question. Yeah, to think about the scope, the who, what, why am I getting this is a great place to start if you're at all suspicious as to what's the point of this. Mm-hmm. And if anyone asks you to buy a gift card, don't oh do God, it. Don't. That's what I've learned. <laughs> Please don't buy any gift cards. <laughs> And now has that, like, have you been able to track the money back down? I mean, I feel like once you buy that gift card and send them that information, it's really difficult to try and get something like that back, right? From what I, yeah, from what I've heard it is. I don't I don't okay. follow that that aspect of, of where that goes with that. Um, but essentially it's, you know, it's like once you buy it, the money is kind of spent. Um, right. Yeah. You can't like return them if you've given the numbers and someone uses them. The money just got. I'm not sure uh, from a law enforcement or you know Pierce administration. I don't know how any of that the budgeting kind of stuff any of any of that mm-hmm. goes. Other than if you do don't it, it's do bad it. news. You, it's, yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> just like you know throwing the money out a window or something. Right. So just don't buy any gift cards. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Michelle won't text you asking for, I don't think she would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to, um, you know, be respectful of your time, but I really appreciate you coming on. And I think this is really helpful too, since so many phishing emails are being sent out, at least to me, it seems like on a much more 
frequent basis. Um, so it's always good to just kind of stay on top of things, ask those questions that you mentioned. And, you know, even if you do give your information, just send an email saying you might have made a mistake and it's going to be okay. Yeah, 100%. Yep, absolutely. Thank you again, David. I really enjoyed it. I hope our listeners did too. I'm sure they will. And uh, with that, we will see you all next time. <laughs>